Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look, up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. Lured to the hideout of Duke Renard by two men masquerading as police officers, Clark Kent and editor Perry White find themselves handcuffed prisoners in a dingy room on the outskirts of Metropolis. Renard, on orders from someone higher up known as the Big Guy, has plotted the killing of Henry Benson, former city treasurer, jailed for a million-dollar shortage. Benson is to be transferred from the city jail to the state prison at 9 o'clock tonight. Two of Duke Renard's men, Curly and Spud have been assigned to stop the car carrying Benson and get rid of him, to keep him from talking. Both Kent and White are aware of the plot, but through some mysterious channel, Renard has been informed of their knowledge and plans to hold them until after the job is done. Kent, unable to act as Superman because of Perry White's presence, is forced to submit to temporary imprisonment. However, on the slim chance that his inventor friend, Dr. Walter Roebling, has his amazing voice machine tuned into the location of Renard's hideout, Kent sends him a message. Listen. Dr. Roebling? Dr. Roebling, Mr. White and I are being held prisoners on the second floor of a frame house at 10th Street and Marlowe Avenue. Inform the police at once. Are you nuts, Kent? Who do you think you're talking to? I get this way every once in a while, Renard. I have hallucinations. What have you got? Hallucinations? He thinks he's a radio station. Yes, that's it. I'm a radio station. Oh, yeah, I see. You're a radio station. Yes. You're, you're broadcasting. Uh-huh. Huh? Yes, I, I like to broadcast. Well, go ahead. Have a good time, but not too loud. The neighbors don't like nobody to broadcast too loud. Oh, no, I won't broadcast too loud. <laughs> Dr. Roebling. Dr. Roebling. Who is this guy, Dr. Roebling? Does he like to broadcast, too? No, he receives. Oh, yeah. When you broadcast, he listens in. Is that it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Where is this guy, Dr. Roebling? Oh, miles from here. But when you broadcast like this, he can hear you, can't he? <laughs> he can if he's listening. Oh, yeah, of course he's listening. Go ahead, broadcast. <laughs> All right. Dr. Roebling, Mr. White and I are being held prisoners by a man named Duke Renard. We are on the second floor of a frame house. How many times do you the... have to broadcast that? Oh, well, maybe 20 times, maybe 100. You see, I can't tell when he'll begin listening. Oh, I get it. He ain't always tuned into your broadcasting station, is he? Oh, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? Oh, wait a minute, Ken. I want to get Curly to hear you broadcast. <laughs> hey, Curly! Yeah, boss? Come, come in a minute. <laughs> What's up? Ken here is broadcasting. He's what? Yeah, he's a radio station, Curly. Go ahead, Ken. Show, show Curly how you, how you broadcast. Uh, don't do it, Ken. They're just making fun of you. Oh, come on, Ken. Curly will go for it, big. Be a, be a good guy. Show him how you broadcast. Sure. Dr. Roebling, this is Clark Kent talking. Listen to this, Curly. Mr. White and I are being held prisoners on the second floor of a frame house at 10th Street and Marlowe Avenue. Notify the police at once. Is that something, Curly? I don't get it, though. You don't get it. That's a radio station. He's broadcasting. How? Unaware that Clark Kent is attempting to establish contact with Dr. Roebling's voice machine, an amazing instrument capable of picking up sound waves no matter where created, Duke Renard, suspecting Kent of being mentally unbalanced, 
urges him to repeat the message over and over again. Meanwhile, at District Attorney Warren's office, Perry White's lawyers are still demanding attention. Now what? Mr. White's lawyers are still waiting, Mr. Warren. I told you, they can wait until doomsday. But they say unless you produce Mr. White immediately, they'll get a writ of habeas corpus. Well, how can I produce him if I don't know where he is? Did you tell him the police of this city have no knowledge of his arrest? Yes, but... All right, tell them to find him and bring him to me. Then I'll produce him. Yes, Mr. Warren, I'll tell them. Monaghan. Yes, sir? Get Miss Lane. Bring her here. Yes, sir. Uh, Miss Carroll. Yes, Mr. Warren. Come in here. I want you to take some notes. Yes, sir. Uh, Miss Carroll, Monaghan is bringing Miss Lane up. You know who she is, don't you? Yes, a reporter on the Daily Planet. She knows about Kent breaking out of jail, but she hasn't heard the latest development. The story of the two phony cops who arrested Kent and quite the editor. Frankly, I don't believe that, Mr. Warren. I mean, the story. Sounds like typical newspaper stuff. Yes, you may be right. But at any rate, I'm going to question this lame girl, and you make notes of all her answers. Oh, there you go. Oh, she comes now. Oh, sit down, Miss Lane. Thank you. That'll be all, Monaghan. Yes, sir. This is my secretary, Miss Carroll. How do you do? How do you do? When did this farce end, Mr. Warren? The moment we're sure it's a farce, not a serious matter. Perhaps you're ready to tell me how Kent knew about a plot against Henry Benson's life. For the tenth time, I know as much about it as you do. We both heard what Kent said. I heard it personally, and you heard it through that planted dictograph. But I didn't hear enough. If somebody was plotting to get rid of Benson before we could get him to talk, where did a newspaper reporter come by the information? We get around. Yes, perhaps a little too much. That's a matter of opinion. Well, there are some things that aren't a matter of opinion. And one of them is that you and your partner, Kent, are heading for trouble and plenty of it. In fact, both Kent and your editor, Perry White, have already disappeared. Really? Yes, really. Two men posed as police officers, drove off with both Kent and White. They haven't been heard from since. Are you trying to pull a fast one? Not at all, Miss Lane. Will you let me talk to Mr. White's secretary? Of course. Here's the phone. Just ask for the number. Metropolis 3500, please. When did this happen? About an hour ago. And you say two phony police... Uh, Miss Barber, please. Lois Lane speaking. Yes, two men dressed in police uniforms. According to the information received from your office. Hello, Anne. This is Lois. What happened? Yes. Yes. Both of them? Oh, I see. No, no, I'm still at the district attorney's office. I don't know. Yes, I'll call you. Okay. Well, Miss Lane? You're right. Well, my being right doesn't help the situation. To begin with, Kent is a fugitive from justice, an escaped prisoner. That's a lot of nonsense. You know he had nothing to do with the girls being shot. Her husband did it. Fortunately for Kent, the husband confessed late this afternoon. But that doesn't excuse Kent's breaking out of jail. Now, where is he? And where is Perry White? If I knew, Mr. Warren, I wouldn't be sitting here. You seem to forget that you're under arrest, Miss Lane. That's a lot of nonsense, too. I'm afraid it's a lot more serious than you believe. As a matter of fact, you won't be released until you explain how Kent learned an attempt was going to be made to wipe out Henry Benson. I told you I don't know. That doesn't ring true, Miss Lane. I don't care how it rings. Now, look. Are you going to sit there asking me ridiculous questions instead of doing something about finding Mr. White and Mr. Kent? Where do you think they are? Would you really like to know? Naturally. I wonder. What do you mean? You know exactly what I mean. Miss Lane, if you have anything to say, I'd advise you to say it. 
Anything I might have to say, Mr. Warren, would be quite personal. I doubt very much whether your secretary would be concerned. I'll leave if you wish, Mr. Warren. Stay right where you are, Miss Carroll. Like all newspaper reporters, Miss Lane is merely bluffing. Oh, I am, am I? All right. You ask for it, you'll get it. You know where Mr. White and Mr. Kent are. You know exactly where they are. That story of two men dressed up in police uniforms doesn't hold water. Detective book stuff. What are you talking about? You and your staff were the only ones who knew Clark Kent had broken out of jail. Naturally, you figured he'd go right to the Daily Planet office, so you sent two policemen to pick him up. And while they were at it, they arrested Mr. White. I've already told you, Miss Lane, the Metropolis Police Department had nothing to do with that incident. Absolutely nothing. Miss Carroll, you checked with Commissioner Blaine, didn't you? Yes, Mr. Warren. What did he tell you? He said there was no record of any arrests made at the Daily Planet office. Thank you. That doesn't prove anything. If you weren't responsible for arresting them, who was? Miss Lane, if I knew the answer to that question, a great deal of your time and my time would be saved. Unfortunately, I don't. Take that, Miss Carroll. Mm-hmm. Mr. Warren's office? Yes. Yes, just a moment. Police Commissioner Blaine. Oh, thank you. Hello, Commissioner. Yes. What's that? Well, that sounds like a crank, doesn't it? Oh, I see. He mentioned her name, did he? Well, she's right here in my office. Hold on a minute. You know a Dr. Roebling, Miss Lane? Dr. Roebling? Why, why, yes, he's an inventor. Commissioner, yes. Yes, she knows him. Oh, naturally not. I see. Well, I imagine the safest thing to do is to send a couple of squad cars down. I'll go along in case there's anything to it. Right by. Who is this Dr. Roebling, Miss Lane? An inventor. He just called police headquarters and said he'd received a message from Kent. On his voice machine. What was that? Uh, nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, the message said that Kent and White were being held on the second floor of a building at 10th Street and Marlowe Avenue. He's <clears throat> probably just a crank, Mr. Warren. Yes, I mentioned that to Blaine, but he didn't seem to think so. If Dr. Roebling said he got a message, he got it. Well, what are you waiting for? You're really not going to waste any time on it, are you, Mr. Warren? Well, I might as well check it. Call the garage, have a car brought around. Yes, Mr. Warren. Is there anything else? No, that's all. Thank you. I'm afraid that you'll have to go back to the detention pen, Miss Lane. Well, why can't I go with you? After all, I am a reporter. I know, but if this lead is reliable, there may be trouble. Serious trouble. According to Dr. Roebling, the message said Kent and White were being held by Duke Renard. And he's dangerous. That doesn't frighten me. I'm sorry, Miss Lane, but women and bullets don't mix. Mr. Warren, you're not being honest with me. That isn't the reason you won't let me go along with you, and I want to know the reason. Well? Ah, this smacks of mystery, doesn't it? It looks like Dr. Roebling's amazing voice machine has proven its usefulness once again. The stage is all set for the police to close in on the frame house at 10th and Marlowe. Will there be the serious trouble the district attorney anticipates, or will there be something even more startling? Anything can happen now, so don't miss the next episode. Tune in with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.